Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download our Zion Lutheran Church app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. Welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. I'm Kate. I'm Megan. And I'm John. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Oh, I'm great. <laughs> I heard you didn't feel all that great this week. No. Feeling, yeah. it, feeling better. I, love I call it Poop Apocalypse 2022. <laughs> <laughs> this just got real personal real fast. Learn, meet the hobbles. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. We got a stomach virus over, I got it first over the weekend and then got better within, you know, 72 hours. And then John got it. Yeah, it was, it was delayed good. reaction. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, Huh, I don't feel so great today. Mid, mid, middle of the day, I'm like, could it be? No, that is. Yeah, like, ha, ha, you're sick. Yeah. I texted him. I said, I see you've intentionally been kissing Kate. No, hang on. No. You can't that, do that. Kate, make me sick. No. Make me sick, Kate. <laughs> No one, can, no one can prove it. No one can prove it. Nope. I would do that well, actually, I, you're married. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the. It was just close proximity. It, just, it was inevitable. Uh-huh, sure. yeah. Well, anyway. enough of that. Let's talk about encounters and experiences. That's a bad experience. Being it was, yeah. Yes. So uh, we are in our awakening series, awaken, preparing for Easter, and we're exploring uh, kind of the, the the things that we've been laying the foundation, the groundwork over the last year of new seeds that we're sowing to reap the harvest of the new things that God is doing. And we've been talking about God's word. We've been talking about new wine and new wineskins. And this week we're talking about worship. Now, okay, so I, I got to ask. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, sorry, that was that was Mr. Burns from The, yeah, <laughs> from the yeah. Simpsons. He's, all right, so here's the thing. So when I did this, I was really torn, and I didn't share this in sermon read-through, but... Um, I didn't write out the order in which I was going to preach these. I'm trying to really be cognizant of where I feel like the spirit is just kind of leading. And are there things that uh, maybe are more pressing instead of saying, well, I'm going to do this one, then this one. So I was really torn about, do I preach on worship or do I preach on belonging? And what is it, what does biblical belonging look like? And not the series that we've done in the past where we talked about our value of belonging, but and so I was wrestling, and then I was in Florida this last week visiting a whole bunch of I'm, Zion people. Just to say, I'm really glad that you go from a season of, like, Galatians, where it's like, this is exactly how how and when you have to preach this out. You know, it's very yeah, planned out. You know exactly to be able to get up. that free form for you, you know, it keeps the spirit fresh, and it keeps the messages fresh. So that's really cool that you got that, to be able to do that this time. Yeah, well, and, it's, and I think one of the things that as we're coming in for worship, I was, I was thinking about it because, I, and again, I think most people know this. Um, the music side of worship has been a very important part of my Christian faith. Uh, I remember sitting in my in my bedroom playing my harmony guitar and singing worship songs. And like music is one of the core ways that I connect. And as I, as I was processing through this, I was like, how often, how many times have I taught on worship and so much of the focus is on music? It's almost like a fixation. Yeah, not and, just a focus. Yeah, and I mean, I've taught on other times where I've talked about it, but it's not so easy. Not just you personally. I mean, like, I, I'm thinking of myself. I'm not saying you fixated on well, it. But it's, I'm saying, well, like, you get there. Yeah, well, and I, honestly, I, I, I kind of had to force myself because every part of me wanted to get to music, 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 even though I've taught on worship many times that worship is more than just music. But really what we, what we wanted to get to is this difference between experience and encounter. 
And that, that what we talked about this week is that story in John chapter 4 where Jesus encounters this woman at the well. Also excellent, so many excellent teachings have been, um, you know, like sermons and taught on this text. This is used a lot. Derek was like, I think I I know he taught it. But it's such a rich text. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that you, you really covered it in a new way that I hadn't thought of it before. So like, that's awesome. That? I like that. Yeah. Thank you. So, okay, let me, let me start off with this. Okay. What are your favorite worship songs? If you can think of a, a worship song for you, I'm going to bring it to the music side. Okay. Uh, if what's your favorite, if there's one song that every time you hear it, you're like, Oh, I love this song. And I'm sure there's probably many. Um, and to share the story yeah. real quickly last year, Megan, do you remember we were in the car driving back from our staff retreat? And we were like, oh, what are the songs that we listen to? And we started pumping songs from like 1998 to 2005. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I remember this one. And it was like all, I was me and like three girls in the car, three women, not not just girls, three women in the car. And we're singing, what was the song? You're my teen and I will live my life for, what was the name? Uh, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's the name of it though. No, but it was like, but we're singing it and jamming in the car and, so anyways, okay, so if you have one song that when you hear it goes, oh, and it doesn't have to be new, it could be super old, it could be super new. What's one song that for you just gets you every time? I feel like I go through phases where, this is just in general, where I find a new song, I'm like, this is great, and I just listen to it to death over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so I've done that with worship songs, but one that's I've listened to over and over again and it's stuck with me is Rattle. Yeah. which is, I think it's elevation worship. Yeah. Um, like, cause we, we've, we've done that song for Easter and it's an Easter song. It's a, talking about Jesus coming back from the dead and the, uh, the references to the bones uh, rattling in the, in the desert. I believe that's Ezekiel. Ezekiel yeah. yeah. Um, where he gets the vision from dry God about dry rising. bones coming to life. Yeah. Um, I love that song because it's it's got a it's just got a really powerful really powerful music behind it and really powerful like message if that makes sense yep. some words so that gets you that's one yeah. that every time you hear it, you're like yeah it's it's a jam that's a jam yeah. it's a jam okay yeah how about you Meg or Kate? um it's it's kind of older now but maybe a lot of people are like Ugh, this song again it's like 10 minutes <laughs> oceans oh yeah oceans um i just love it 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 also reminds me of the time in my life of when the song came out just yeah. it was very poignant and yeah. i was called felt called into ministry and it was very scary very unknown it's not what i had yeah. set out to do with life and it it still to this day reminds me of that time in my life and how just looking back and seeing God's faithfulness and provision and yeah. So that's one for you still to this day. Like you could, if it comes on, I could hear it forever. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would probably be, um, it's not as like mainstream, but I also came to faith seven years ago, six years ago. I'm trying to remember 2016. Yeah. So coming up on seven this August. Wow. That's crazy. But anyway, so I didn't grow up in the church and I didn't have like a, a radio to listen to or like common songs that were a <coughs> Sunday song. So I liked um, King of Love by I Am They. Oh, yeah. And I love I Am They and they sing that song Scars, yeah. which was like a really big one. I do like that one too, but it's not my favorite. My favorite that they've done is the King of Love and it just really talks about um, 
and it's and it's a it's a hymn redone in a contemporary yep. way, mm-hmm. and it's just so absolutely beautiful. And then when I heard the hymn the first time in a traditional service, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's the King what of that Love, is. My Shepherd is," yeah. and it, it really helped <clears throat> my heart learn how to worship anyway. Yeah, you know, in any kind of service, and I was like, "Oh, whoa, I can worship here too." It's not that much different than what I do, and it, it really helped open up like my heart language for worship. So. Uh, there's I, I referenced it in the message. Did you feel the mountains tremble by Delirious? Was the first time that I heard worship. It sounded like you two leading worship. I know I'm dating. This <laughs> we made that joke. <laughs> um, but I remember there's this album called Live and in the Can, and it was 1997, somewhere around there. And literally, I mean, it sounds like you're at a U2 concert, but leading worship. And I remember mm-hmm. the first time I heard this song live, I was at a worship conference. And I started crying. Now, I'm not a super emotional person. Uh, I have a heart. I don't like emotions. <laughs> but when they come, they come ugly. <laughs> I, get the, uh, I get the ugly cry. Uh-huh, I'm usually uh-huh. the guy who's trying to like, if I could if I could suck a tear back up, I would. <laughs> That's me. <clears throat> um, but here's what struck me as I was prepping this. And we were talking about this during the sermon read-through, and it's, I think, part of the message as well. Um, we've, we've made worship a genre of music. And so, and that's part of the reason why we get fixated on it. We don't say worship books. We don't say the worship message. We say worship music. Uh, you have worship albums. But one of the things that hit me really hard as I was prepping is, wait, every singer is a worship leader. doesn't matter if they're Christian or not. Every band is a worship band. Every song is a worship song. It's just who or what you're worshiping. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. when you said that. And, and then here's the other part that, and you and I just talked about this before we came down here, Kate. Oh, cool. So... You know, one of the things we get fixated on is that assuming that only Christians can write worship songs that are directed yeah, towards oh, Jesus. Yeah, we were just talking hmm. about that. And we were talking about that. Truth, all truth is God truth. Paul quotes in Acts chapter 17, he quotes a, a, a pagan poet yeah. to convey a truth. They, they, they reference their modern day context, yes. you know, like the, the myths of the time, the, mm-hmm. the language of the time. So, you know, this, there's a worship song that I, that I get to that every time I hear it, it reminds me of... My need for Jesus, but it's not a Christian song. There's actually a couple, and they're both by Coldplay. Again, showing my age, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure like I'm a Gen Coldplay. Xer. Uh, but their two songs is "Fix You" and "Lost." Mm-hmm. And I was just as we were coming down here, I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, those are songs that when they come on, I sing. And "Lost" is all about that I'm lost. Yeah. And for me, every time it reminds me, no, I've got a God who seek, who sought me out and found me. Yeah. And then "Fix You." Uh, is a song. It is a worship song. And any song can be, if God uses it to bring you back. We actually used a quote-unquote secular song last night for worship and kids. <sighs> Pagan. I know. But they love it. And I play it with a video. And it's uh, One Day by Manus Yahoo. And Life oh. Vest, which is an incredible organization, did this video where it's literally one random act of kindness at a time leading to the next, leading to the next. And it all ties around to the, Tove. Back the beginning. Tove, baby. And it, yeah. And he sings, One Day, we're all proud, we'll all be proud <clears throat> to be um under you, under the sun, one day. And it's yeah. talking about, like, we're all together and loving each other and doing it for some higher power. It's not a Christian song. Yeah. Manus Yahoo actually is a um, Messianic Jew. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Me- Metis Yahoo? I know he's... Modus Yahoo. Is that how it's you modest. pronounce it? Yeah, it's Modus I've never Yahoo. known. He's, yeah, he's a Jewish rapper. Yeah, he's a play. Jewish rapper. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a Messianic So, But here's, here's what we're getting to, is we, we were talking about... We share the story of John... In John chapter 4, where Jesus uh, cuts through Samaria and meets this woman at the well, right? 
And we talk about, and this is a common expression in worship is, you know, the worship experience. Mm-hmm. And we want people to have an experience in worship. And yet when we look at the Bible, we need, we have experiences everywhere, but there's a difference between an experience and an encounter. And Jesus doesn't, when Jesus meets somebody, he has an encounter with them. It's personal. It changes them, good or bad. Like the Pharisees had encounters with Jesus and mm. it, they didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if uh, an experience, and Derek was bringing this up after Sermon Read Through, is you had all these people that were chasing the miracles of Jesus because they wanted the experience. They didn't want an encounter with him. They wanted the miracle. They wanted yeah. the lights. They wanted the flashy thing, the thing that made them feel tingly inside. And, and again, believe in miracles, believe God does that. But these are the ones that Jesus literally ran away from. Like he fled people that were like, miracle worker, do us a, do us a trick, pony. Mm-hmm. You know, clap for me, monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Make me the a first, bike clown. The, yeah. first, the first time around it was, oh, these people are getting hungry. Go, Let's go feed them. And we have the miracle, the feeding of the 5,000 with the bread and the loaves of bread and fish. And then I think it's... A chapter later, or maybe a couple of chapters later, the crowd is following after Jesus again. They're like, mm, more bread, please. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I do it again. No, he's like, no, you don't get it. I'm the, I'm bread, the bread of yeah. life. And then what does it say then? It's like the crowd left or m- most of them left. Wow. Yeah. Like, reference. Great. Cool. All right. And and, and that's exactly it. Is. And, yeah. and I think one of the things that we've, we're talking about, and, and I'd love for us to sit on this a little bit, and then we're going to get into that John 4 story. It's not that we don't want experiences. Like when you yeah. walk in, if the, if, if the music sounds bad, if things are out of tea, that's a bad experience when things are out of tune, right? Can Jesus still be worshiped? Yeah. Could God still encounter mm-hmm. you? Absolutely. But sometimes our experiences can get in the way of an encounter. So if I walk in and, and we talked about that anything can be worship if it's directed at Jesus. So let's say someone walks through the doors of the church and their first encounter is with a grumpy person at the door. Mm. That sets the tone for their experience. It might actually, that bad encounter might limit a possible encounter that the Lord has for them. I mean, we can see that even in the secular world when we're looking. Secular world? But But I mean, like outside of the church, if you look at it like a retail system, you know, when people come in here, they're looking. Walmart versus Target. Walmart versus Target. Or even like we were just talking about, like you answered the phone earlier, Jason. And it's like, if when I was at Ace Hardware, everyone answered the phone. You let it ring more than three times. How dare you? How dare you? You answer that phone and you say, Primary's Hardware, rental in U-Haul. It says, Kate, how can I help you? I still remember how to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it matters, that yeah. experience of how you treat people. And experience matters. So here's, here's what I want to I kind of talk with. When you think about experiences, experiences tend to, um, they connect to other experiences. Encounters are usually very personal. They leave you changed. Okay. So on a Sunday morning, what makes a good experience? I don't want to do encounter yet. What leaves you with a good experience on a Sunday morning? So you're visiting a church or what, yeah. when do you walk away going, man, that was a good experience. Meaning I'd do that again. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what's one for you? Friendly people, but not too friendly. Like creepy friendly? <laughs> yeah, like, Megan, give also, me some space. You, you like rock hospitality. Can we just say that? So this is like expert opinion here. <laughs> friendly, not too friendly. Uh, coffee. Maybe if there's like a snack, that's a bonus. that's a party bonus yeah and then a worship environment that makes you feel comfortable and not that i would have to like do something outside of my comfort zone that i'm not ready for yet um a message that is is uplifting and not like shamey and 
makes me feel less than when I leave. Yeah, yeah farther mm. from God. Yeah. Convicted That's a good experience. and shamed are not the same thing. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Challenged is great. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. The, so have you ever, have you ever been to a church that when you walked in you're like, dude, this this was a great experience. Like I would come back to this place. Yeah, lots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about how about you guys? Yeah, I would totally agree with Megan. I think it's <clears throat> the the level of hospitality, and I think that Zion actually does hospitality really well. But and that's what kept me. I mean, this is really the only church I've ever had as a home church. Yeah. Like I went seeking, and I found an excellent example, and I think we do a nice job. Um, but I do get to, on, like, mission trips, I get to see other churches. And when we go on, like, conferences, I think of, like, the worship experience that you get at Orange Conference. Like, <coughs> like the, the, the other things that we get to go do, like the Right Now Media Conference, I think of those as experiences, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not just a Sunday morning. And I think that the way that they do those, it's so big, it's so important, but it, it's very clearly intentional yeah. and mm-hmm. focused. And it enables for the Holy Spirit to give you mountaintop experiences, yeah. but you don't always have to have that be the goal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And those, and we need those experiences. So yeah. let's not think experiences are bad. How about no. how about you, John? Well, I was going to say I think I tend to hard focus in on music and the actual like because what. So I I've, I definitely fall into the camp where if you say to me like oh we're going to worship now immediately my mind goes all right so what songs are we singing. You know, like what, and, and, and they're not synonymous, but that's kind of where I go yeah, first. <laughs> synonymous. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible joke I do. I'm really sorry. Uh, Phenomena from the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I guarantee like if, if there are, if, even though there's a, a wide variety of songs, like some of them that are really upbeat and fun and, and just fun to sing along to, because I love to sing. And so if there are songs that are being done, um, that are high energy um, songs that are really impactful and, and speak to me. I was like, that's awesome. I really get into that. Um, and then too, I like being, I guess I was going to say like inspired, but you yeah. know, challenged as well um, with a message. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's interesting about this. And as we were talking about, it, I was thinking about it. Experiences are things that we rate. Mm-hmm. That's our, that's our, that's our human nature is to rate an experience good or bad. Most encounters, we can't, we don't know how to rate them because they've changed us. And it's not until after the fact that we go, oh my gosh, I I think actually we, we self rate when it's an encounter. How was I in that environment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like, a good way to put it. Like it's I, more self-aware. It's more one. I think that's what an encounter does. All of a sudden you're, you're fully aware of who you are instead of there are, they are. Who you are in. Whatever. In that moment. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So like I think about. For me, I'll rate an experience when I walk into a church and it's clear that people want to be there. Like you see the excitement. People are happy and they're, it's clear the community, there's something going on. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Um, so going to San Diego, <coughs> I swam with sharks out in the ocean, in the wild. <coughs> and one of the things as I was thinking through the difference between an encounter and experience is an experience allows you to be disengaged. Like when you go to an aquarium and you see a shark, you're like, wow, that's cool. There's no threat to your life. There's, you don't have to be self-aware. You don't have to be aware of your surrounding of how safe you are. You already feel safe. So you get to rate the experience. You kind of you like check out a little bit. You, you, yep. you go there's like, no vulnerability. There goes past, that's right. There's like, oh, there's a tiger shark. Oh, there's a, a great white shark. Oh, there's, and it's just like, oh, it's, a, cool. it's another shark. That's right. That's and, cool. And a lot yeah. of times that's how we, we approach church. We approach it as somebody who's disengaged. I'm safe. A spectator. I can. I'm a spectator, right? 
Whereas an encounter, I still remember the first time I encountered a shark in the wild, which again, not a dangerous shark. It wasn't like a great white or anything like that. But I remember I was swimming in La Jolla Shores and I see this two of them. I see this kid playing over here and there's this shadow kind of swimming around. And it's coming by this kid. And this kid's maybe 10 years old. I don't know. And I said, hey, you, you might want to get out of the water right now. And he goes, why? And I said, well, there's a shark moving to here. And this kid beelined out. A few minutes later, this dad comes out yelling at me. How dare you scare my kid? And I'm like, no, I'm I'm pointing to that thing. And all of a sudden, the dad sees the shark. And he, like, walked on water. <laughs> like, he got out there so fast. <laughs> but I remember in that moment, like, at that point, I was experiencing it. Yeah. I didn't feel threatened by the shark. Now, I remember getting in the water. And I was swimming. And I saw the shark. And it swam by me. My heart raced. I became incredibly aware of who my environment I had an encounter. And what, it's gonna, what it could do What it to could me. do to me. That's right. And all of a sudden I had an encounter. So mm-hmm. I think the problem that happens in, in churches so often is we're so caught up in our experience that we miss the real point of church as an encounter. And what it could do to me. How could this change me How could to it, make me better and yes, more like Christ? More like Christ. Not just better. Yeah. Because I can... I, mean, I always think better is like Christ. I always have no, to like... I, I correct mm-hmm. myself. I totally... But <laughs> I say the same... Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's... I catch myself doing it. Is yeah. I think to be more like Jesus means... I'm, I'm a gooder it's person. It's more than that. It's, it's deeper more, than that. Yeah. And, Megan and, said Tobe. <laughs> it's Tobe, right? Yeah. And so now here we come into this text in John chapter 4, which we talked about on, on Sunday, which is Jesus and the woman at the wall, a text yeah. that we've heard many times before. And I was, again, I was thinking about the story when it says, and Jesus had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to. In mm-hmm. fact, it was common. Actually, just so you know, I, I read there were differing opinions there was one guy who I don't know if it was a scholar or not said that it was not uncommon for rabbis to go through Samaria. All the other ones either were silent or said, no, most often rabbis avoided Samaria because they didn't want to become unclean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it says Jesus had to go through Samaria. And I played this mental, like the difference between Jesus and I, because Jesus was fully aware of what God was doing. Jesus was sent uh, to bring God, heaven, God's kingdom to earth, his kingdom comes, will be done, to bring Tov, God's goodness, back into the world. And I had that encounter where I was picturing like the Holy Spirit. Hey, Jesus, yeah, Spirit, go through Samaria. And now if this was the Spirit talking to me, I'd be like, why? <laughs> I don't, why do you want me to do that? And Jesus yeah. was, Because I said so. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's when the Spirit speaks out is because on, I said man. so, Jason. Not today. It's before 8 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jesus being as, as in tune with the Spirit because he was fully God but fully man, he just went. And I, I joked that I pictured Jesus saying, cool, like not even a thought, like, okay. And you yeah. actually did some research. And <laughs> it, it was in, sir, I was like, is th- did he actually say that? And but, they were joking about that. I'm like, well, now I'm going to find out what the Greek for cool is. And I don't remember <laughs> what the word is off the top of my head, but. And it means breezy. It literally <laughs> translated to cool, like breeze, breezy. And just like our word cool does, I picture Jesus going, yo, breezy in Greek to God. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I picture him saying that to the spirit. Breezy. Spirit. But then, Kate, you asked the question and you said, because I made the comment, I said, I don't think Jesus actually knew he was going to have an encounter yeah. with a Samaritan. Yeah. And I was talking about, I was thinking about it. I was like, can you say out loud from the pulpit that Jesus didn't know something? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was pretty much, I asked you, I was like, hey, you should expand on that because why, some people would assume that Jesus knows everything all the time yeah. and he's constantly operating in his all-knownness because he's God. Mm-hmm. But you kind of gave a different example of that. Well, Philippians 2 tells us is that he limited his godhood. He, in order to become man, he had to suppress that God, 
that godness, because it's not godliness. His divinity. It is his divinity. Thank you. That's that's the right. I know word. you're welcome. <laughs> I was giving you the kids speak, and mm. you're like, "How do I get out of this?" <laughs> Control error. And and I love the fact that Jesus was willing to take a detour to get uncomfortable. It actually was probably a. It would have shortened his trip, but it's not an easy trip. It's really rocky. Mm-hmm. And there he encounters a Samaritan woman. I don't think, and I could be wrong because it doesn't tell us this, but I really think Jesus didn't know he was going to encounter a woman, but he did know that God was up to something, that God was directing him because he was going to be there, and that God uses detours. Now, we're getting into encounters and experiences. Now, when we think about it, how often do we miss encounters that God wants to do because we're not willing to take detours? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and it says Jesus was tired, which means he was tired by the time he got there. He might have been tired before he even left. Yeah, because they all, they're immediately like, we're going to go get you a Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait here. Yeah, you know? the disciples, yeah, they left to go get food. Absolutely. You stay here, bro. Like, we're, we're good. You know? I, I <laughs> Not that if, he was grumpy. I wonder if Jesus, like, grumpy. wandered around. Just like, they're leaving and like, where'd Jesus go? Uh, I mean, he seems to uh, wander around. Forget it. Let's go get that Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has this detour, and there he encounters this Samaritan woman who, again, she comes in the middle of the day, which meant that she was alone, which you didn't travel alone, especially as a woman, because there were robbers and thieves and rapists and all kinds of bad people. Mm -hmm. But then she also came in the middle of the day when it was super hot. And I started processing through, she probably had had hundreds of experiences at that well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of them being very lonely. Maybe she had times where she saw a robber and she was felt a little frightened. Even mixed with the experiences that maybe she had as a, a young girl herself when she was a part of the community. Yeah. And the positive ones. And now to be so like starkly contrasted with in the middle yeah. of the day, where I'm at, how I'm doing, man. And I wonder if she got, I wonder if at any point, and again, pure speculation, yeah. I could picture her saying, how did I get here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or shaming and how. And yeah. Like, like that's what I mean. How, how did I get words. here? Where did my life go yeah. wrong? Why did I screw up so bad? Like all these things. And she meets this guy who she can tell is a, a Jewish rabbi. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he would have been dressed like the rabbi of the time. And she knows she's Samaritan. He's Jewish. So this brings us exchange. And and we, it gets into this whole conversation. She doesn't know she's having an encounter. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, and, I, and, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit, but have you had times where you thought you were going into something ordinary and God had something extraordinary for you? Like a moment yeah. where you'd had no idea what God. See, here's the, like part of the reading oh, of encounter is it's sometimes we have to be aware. But I think the way God works is, is he's always looking for the encounter. And sometimes he surprises us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I even yeah. wrote down when during the sermon read through, I said that God meets us in our mundane. <clears throat> you know, the, yeah. I think about the first time I volunteered for VBS kids. It was the first time I ever volunteered at kids ministry. Yeah. Now look at where I'm at. And I was like, whoa, God, you really showed up there. Yeah. It's wild. Do you have, can you think of, and I realize this is kind of off the cuff, but everything on here is off the cuff, so that's fine. <laughs> what? But can you think of a time that you went in thinking something ordinary and God had something, an encounter planned yeah. for you, something extraordinary? I already oh, said yeah. mine for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I can remember, and I've probably told this story before, but I, I can remember um, when I was at camp, there's a, an event that we have um, that they do every single week, you know, every single oh. summer called the Christ hike. And it's basically just you talked a, about the Christ hike. Before, yeah. yeah. It is a play put on by the staff where the whole <clears throat> camp is basically the crowd and they just move from location to location on the campground and they see the life of, and death of Jesus and his resurrection. And there's one moment where, you know, 
Jesus, we don't, you don't see it, but you can hear the banging of the nails as they nail Jesus to the cross, as the, uh, the camp director is kind of giving this monologue about then Jesus was taken, he was beaten, he was whipped, and then he was nailed. You can hear the nails. And I'd seen it probably six or seven times before. And it was just this one year when I was a counselor in training. <clears throat> it just hit me. I was like, this was real. Yeah. This really happened. There was an encounter. Something happened yeah. in that moment. And I was like, I've seen this thing. I've seen this. Sh- I could tell you beat for beat exactly what's going to happen next. I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. It just had, it just struck me. Like, this thing that I'm doing, following Jesus, wanting to, wanting to be a counselor and work at a camp, sure. But wanting to follow Jesus is really important. It shifted you. There was yep. a shift. Yeah. How about you, Meg? Can you think of one offhand? I can think of a lot of, yeah, different experiences, but the, or encounters, I should say, but just in everyday quiet times, like sometimes I show up and it's just a typical day, like don't get a whole lot from it. I don't know that it was all that productive. Sometimes I walk away feeling like, "Eh, okay, well, that was fine. And then there's other days where I just feel like God opens my mind or, or convicts me of something or just shows me something. I'm like, what? Like mind blown. And not just that day, but like it changes course or it changes perspective of something. And those are the moments that I appreciate and walk away from feeling like, Oh God, that was a great meeting today. Yeah. There was a a making of space. Um, So one of the articles I was reading from a guy named Tim Hughes, he's a worship leader, wrote the song, um, here I am to worship. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Nice song. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about so often in churches, we're so busy making experiences for people that we, we make it impossible for them to encounter God because mm-hmm. they're so distracted. We need mm-hmm. big flashy lights. We need fog machines. We need boom, boom, boom. And, yeah. and we think that's what brings people in. And, and sometimes God can use that. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think about the, in the more recent years, an encounter that shifted everything for me was actually the Enneagram conference I went to. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not going to go into the whole story here, but, um, it actually was the encounter that prompted me that I realized that so much of my story, uh, a big part of my story was, uh, you know, God had delivered me from all these huge perils and traumas of my childhood. And look what I did without counseling and therapy. And I'm a, I'm a walking wonder. Hmm. And I got confronted with the fact that there were some areas of my life that hadn't been healed yet. Yeah. And that I had glo- glassed over, glo- glossed over. And I remember at one point, um, Ian Cron or Beatrice Chestnut, one of them was like, well, the issue is you're not healed. And I got really upset, like, how dare you say that? How dare you limit God? <laughs> yeah. And then as they started talking and pushing on some things, I realized that if I, I felt like if I had to get counseling, I somehow was letting God down. Mm-hmm. Which is so not true. And, and I felt it's like I... I from the pedagogy. Well, so here's the funniest thing, though. I'd recommended counseling for so many other people, right. but my testimony had been, look what God did. Yeah. And what that did for me, it I had an encounter with Jesus. What helped me realize is that, one... My story glorifies God as long as God is the center of it. It doesn't matter how it comes out. But it also opened the door for me to go get counseling, in which I had some major encounters with the Lord and healing some past sins and traumas. But it all started with a conversation that I thought I was coming in. It was just going to be like, I'm going to learn all these cool things about the Enneagram and look at how much I know. And next thing I know, it's like I've got a two by four up against my head and I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I've got all this shame Mm. and over the next, that that encounter wasn't just one thing. It led to multiple encounters that brought tremendous freedom for me. 
so when we, we hear the story again, Jesus meets the woman at the well, he asks her for a drink, and, and then he asks that question. And I think it's so funny how abrupt this story is, and we talked about this in Sermon Read-Through as well, is Jesus, you know, talks about living water, and he's like, if you knew the water I'd have, you wouldn't ask, you wouldn't ask if I could have a drink, you'd be asking, give me some of that water. And, yeah. and then he, she's like, well, you know, obviously you're, you know, there's something special about you. And he goes, hey, go grab your husband. Like such a weird statement. Like, mm-hmm. and, and at that point, again, I believe it's the Holy Spirit that told Jesus that she didn't have a husband because Jesus, again, relied on the Holy Spirit. And she's like, well, I don't have one. And he's like, you're right. You have five. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the one you have right now isn't your husband. And, and there's debate about whether or not she had affairs with five husbands. So when it says you've had five, he, she had five other people's husbands or right. she's she's been divorced five times. And her response immediately then is to change the subject. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start talking about she worship deflects on, instantly. Yeah, yeah. It's such a coping mechanism. And so well, here's what I was thinking about. Um, when we have encounters that challenge us, how quickly we deflect. Yeah. It's so easy to want to deflect whenever we're encountered something, whenever we have an encounter. It's because we're in that point of vulnerability. That's right. Mm-hmm. We want to put a shield up anytime that you're vulnerable. And, and so she deflects by going to worship. Mm-hmm. And what, here's it again, thinking about God. The Holy Spirit knew exactly where things were going to go, knew the conditions of this woman's heart. Jesus is being obedient to the Spirit and pressing into this. And so she changes it into worship style, a worship yeah. style conversation. Yeah. Well, our people, the Samaritans, say worship happens over here. And yet you Jews think worship happens over there. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I remember reading that and going, that's a weird segue. It's a hard turn, isn't it? Yeah. The whole time I'm thinking of this story, like everything that Jesus said, if I'm this woman, I'd be like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Like, first of all, what? And like, yet like you go back, like this is, they're at Jacob's well, not just any well. Like there's so much history and context this really really goes. Like it's incredible that she would have no clue of. It's an incredibly rich text. And I don't think that like, I think you did a great job, but there it goes so much deeper. We could go, there could be ten yes. messages yeah. on this one text. But so like so when she like changes the subject to something kind of offhand, it's she's probably like, yeah, well, this like yeah. this is it all I know. A, it was a hot topic at the time, yeah. but like oh, this is something we disagree on. What do you think, Mister yeah. Drinking Water? Trying to talk about my husband? Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. something yeah. else, right? Yeah. Like, do you, you know? don't know me. <laughs> Well, here's what I was picturing. Okay, so Sunday morning, someone comes in and let's say God is bringing, they're having an encounter. Someone's having an encounter with Jesus and how quickly their first reaction is, I don't want this encounter. Let's find something else to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe part of our spiritual warfare is Satan is always trying to distract us. So how does he distract us with our experiences? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's how Satan wins in America. It isn't so much that we believe in Satan and think that he is bad. You know, like some cultures have that where it's like, no, Satan is real here. To America, it's deflect. He he turns the attention anywhere away from God. Yeah. And that's how he lies to us. He gets under the radar. He's doing well here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if it's turning it toward something that would we would consider to be spiritual or yeah. good mm-hmm. it's yeah. like well it's not it's Whoa. not an encounter you know it's just it's just a very slight shift of yeah. your focus so what if and I, i'm truly just i'm posing a question and i'm not saying I'm, i have the answer that i fully understand it yet uh-huh. so what if in those moments john's like i'm ready for this ready. question <laughs> yeah so what if it okay let's talk sunday morning because i believe the purpose of church is to have an encounter with jesus and i believe we can have an encounter every week yeah. That's the beauty. We have a God who wants to encounter us. That doesn't mean we're going to, and that's okay. Yeah. 
But I believe the, the opportunity is there. What if when God is trying to have an encounter with us, we use our experiences to get out of that encounter? Mm-hmm. And let me give you an example. And, and I'm not meaning to pick on anything specific. So if, if I say this, please know I'm not, I'm not talking about anyone or anything in particular as an example. But, okay, so God's trying to get a hold of me of something. And immediately I'm like, oh, did you see how the stage looked? I don't like how that, that, so, that song is so loud. Or, oh my God, I don't like this song. Those are experiential things that you're now rating. And the minute you're rating something, you're getting out of the encounter. Yeah. And I, 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 ca- I was thinking about this myself. I was listening to, oh, the message on Sunday. Pastor, mm-hmm. the pastor at this church I went to did it. Um, he's talking about spiritual warfare, which is funny because I want to do a spiritual warfare series after this leading into the park. Because mm-hmm. um, I, think, I think the park's going to be a time of spiritual warfare. And so I want to prepare us for it. And then next year we're going to get back into the, the, the epistles and it's going to be fun and all that fun stuff, whatever. Um, but he was talking and immediately he, he said something and I went into, that's not theologically sound. <laughs> and, and, it totally takes you out of it. It did. And instead of having an encounter with God where God was wanting to meet me, I went into judgment mode to yeah. rate something away. He said something. And then, you know, then I got pulled back in and, but I like how quickly Instead of allowing the spirit to challenge me, yeah. to change me, I had to, I had to have something I could control. I can control an experience. Yeah. And now remember that when you receive, like, it's hard to work in ministry because you'll hear critiques that are definitely preferential. Yep. Where it's right. like, okay, that wasn't your cup of tea. Thanks for telling me. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, now I'm missing, that. and now I'm missing it. And again, sometimes our experiences can get in the way of the encounter. Yes. But I think more often or than not, it. I'm looking for experiences to get me out of the encounter. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. And and so I was I was thinking about that because like if worship is we tend to think of worship about music, you want to talk about a hot button issue that has so many people on all sides of the spectrum, from the style to the sound to the yeah. volume to the lyrics. I mean, it is instead of seeing worship as an opportunity to minister to the heart of God, which is what worship is supposed to be, music is supposed to be. All people. It now becomes something of well, I'm going to rate this. And I'm now robbing myself of that opportunity to have an encounter with the king because what I'm judging is what did the room look like or did I like that? Did I like that song? Yeah. Did, I mean, okay, do you think, is there teeth to that or am I just, is that, am I, am I barking up a wrong no, tree? I think that our concern, Multiple metaphors. Should, our concern shouldn't be if I liked it. Our concern would be, God, did you like that? Yeah. Was it for you, God? Were you, are you worthy of this? Am I, what, am I, am I, like producing something or being a part of or encountering something that is worshiping you. That's what it should be about. And that's what she, she went to an experience. Well, our people versus your people, you were in the wrong, you were in the wrong place. She tried to deflect from the encounter. Mm -hmm. Um, So she has this encounter now. And when Jesus reveals this to her, and then Jesus talks about worshiping in spirit and in truth. And, and I tongue in cheek, I, I misinterpreted the verse or added a few things to, you know, for the fathers looking for those who are worshiped, who is seeking those who will worship with hands lifted high and eyes closed and singing the latest elevation or hill song. Or yeah. Maverick City mm-hmm. or the hymn or reading from the, you know, doing worship from the, the right, the, the right book of worship to, you know, are we in pews? Are we in chairs? Is there an organ? Those are all experiential. And yet none of those are what Jesus describes as true worship. Mm-hmm. And, he then defines worship as, and I, I had to do a little research on this, a little more reading on it, because even the way it phrases, it's phrased, my mind thinks it's something of I do instead of proximity. And he says, in the spirit and in truth. Yeah. And 
that the the way that's supposed to read is not I'm worshiping and the Spirit is worshiping through me, but rather in proximity to the Spirit. Yeah. I'm worshiping out of an overflow of being in the presence of the Spirit, the Spirit indwelling me, which she had yes. not experienced it yet, mm-hmm. but then also and in truth. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, how does worship, how do we have how do we have an encounter with God knowing that part of that is about our proximity to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. What does that look like? I mean, when you think about that, share, tell me your thoughts on that. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's a big topic. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Mm. Well, and I was just thinking, like, the whole point of what he's talking about isn't her sin. Yeah. The sin was just to convict, and that's it's something to prove his divinity and his, um, <clears throat> like, that he he was more than just a rabbi. He was a pro- uh, clearly you're a prophet, and it yeah. gave it gave validity to what he was saying. But the point of the interaction, I think, was more about the conversation. It's it's a deeper conversation about worship and what he says. So I kept thinking about that, like that. That's important to say that. Yeah, because it, it wasn't about her sin. It was about her worship. The sin is a reflection of what she's worshiping. Yes. She's thinking it's he about worshiping a at a mountain. Issue. And that's the digging the well part. Like we yeah. all worship at others. Yes. We I worship other things digging wells. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot the question. I know I did. So did I actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, we because we know um, Okay, I'm gonna move on. I don't remember yeah. the question because my it head was something like, with the spirit, and I was thinking, well, the oh. well represents, you know, the water is the life giving freshness. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What does it look like? I know what I, I remember. What it was, if it's if the encounter comes with our, us being engaged in proximity to the Spirit, mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to the Spirit. Yeah, that, that's where I was trying to go. Is yeah. So how do we how do we foster that? And Jesus was. We were talking about it in the sermon. Yeah, Richard. thank Jesus you. Jesus was so in tune. <laughs> So how do we? I think we've been distracted. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's what were we talking about distractions, like yeah. focusing on the spirit, not worrying about oh that person was flat or ooh. And not that those. Sorry and, about and, that. And not, we got to be careful because those things do matter. God they wants do. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, but it's I have a responsibility in that as well. That's right. And mm-hmm. being able to turn that off or not, it's not about that in the moment and yeah. recognizing that in myself. And I judge, I'll judge an experience as, as if it is an encounter. So like, for instance, I go to this mega church that's, of course, it's a mega church. Their budget is like a hundred times ours. They've got, right, and yeah. of course, they're going to provide an amazing experience and somehow assuming that that means that's actually a better connection to God. Mm-hmm. than something that our, our church could do or the traditional service could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about one of the, the judgments that I had to work past for years was I, I struggled. Traditional service doesn't personally connect with me. I, I didn't really grow up in it. I, when I got saved at the church I was at, we were a traditional church for like three Sundays, and then we moved to what we called contemporary. But I didn't do liturgy. I didn't have any of that. And so hymns for me are tough. Mm-hmm. But I can still worship. Yeah. And when I all of a sudden, well, that's not my style. That's not my preference. So I'm going to shut down. Now, all of a sudden, I've let my experiences get in the way of a potential encounter. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think it may not be your preference. Like, I think there are certain songs that I like better singing than others. Yeah. I like to lead certain songs more than I like to lead others just because they're more, quote unquote, fun for me to sing. Yeah. But that at the end of the day i could be it doesn't matter what i'm singing as long as i'm bringing that song to god you know it's yeah. not about like it's a joyful noise oh, bro we did, yeah we didn't it's get to right. sing the song i like it's like 
Yeah, but you still get to sing to... Why are you singing the song that you like then? Yeah. Is it just because you like the lyrics and you like how peppy it is or whatever? Yeah. So I just, I just, had, a, I just had an aha moment. <clears throat> um, I use my preference to dictate the opportunity. So this, let, me, let me give you an example. Do you think this woman would have gone to the well if she knew she was going to encounter Jesus who called her out on her sin? Absolutely not. <laughs> Probably not. I would not show my face. Like that's, no. a, that's not yeah, a preference. We're going to go talk about that? No. Like no. that's not a preference. Yeah. And, and so when I go into when I go into church or it, throughout my day with a preferential mindset, an experience-based mindset, I'm going to avoid things that could change me. That's yeah. human nature. Yeah. yeah. I think that's. And that's where the encounter comes in is yeah. the encounter is if you really want to know that you're going to be changed, the more, the more willing you are. Yeah. To, to have that encounter, the more you're going to experience Absolutely. them. And that's a vulnerable position to be. And, and we have a God who wants us to be vulnerable. And especially when we're like, that just hit me. You were talking about mm -hmm. it. I'm like, she didn't. I guarantee you if someone had said, hey, there's a prophet over there. Don't go talk to him. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. After this encounter, she goes into the city where she's been ostracized. And she's the first evangelist. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. She's the first preacher. And I think is, the, is John 4, this interaction, the first I am statement yes. in the book of John? I am the living water, yes. To her? Mm -hmm. It's not about her sin, what she's talking about. She says, come and meet the man who told me everything and I, but she, I love that. Like, all yeah. of a sudden, this encounter changed her. And she's like, I get it. I've sinned. All of you don't like me. I'm going to tell you about this guy. Yeah. But I wonder how many of them were like, well, let's go talk to this guy too. No, thank you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he tells you everything you've ever done. Oh. I don't want to know. Okay. He sounds cool. I don't know if I want to So true story. I was, at, I was at a conference where there was a guy going around giving words of knowledge for people praying. <laughs> and I had, some, I had some things in my life that I was like, God, I don't want to deal with this right now. And he started, the person started walking by me and praying. And I, I was like, what if they stop and like the Lord gives him words about sins in my life. I don't uh -huh. want to hear that. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he then gets into true worship. And, and I think this is important to talk about because it is so relevant. I think we can get into a judging posture of judging how what worship looks like and doesn't. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't challenge or encourage people to worship. Mm -hmm. And how there are things that we, we want to stretch people um, and we did that Psalm, I think it's Psalm 46. No, it's not Psalm 46, 39, I think it is, where it talks about that the psalmist is writing and saying, you know, I panted in the water and I was thirsty. And, and then at the very end, he says, and, and out of my offering, I will worship. And Megan, you brought something up during sermon read through that I never, never, ever, ever in reading that verse that I go, oh, Hey, like I, it was, I lift holy hands. Oh, John's got the notes right here. Okay, read the verse, John. And Megan, what you said, it struck me so, so well. About, yeah. Because here's the job I judge experiences. And so when a worship, it doesn't, they experience the singing or the sermon. If people aren't laughing the way I want that's them just to, what I, I do. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, so like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a confession here, and I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I'll judge whether or not a sermon is effective by how well people laugh. Mm hmm. <laughs> hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, I'm like, oh man, I suck. <laughs> I, that sounds silly, but I do. Like if people aren't laughing, if they, if I'm not getting amens, there's a part of me that feels like I feel, I feel like I'm letting God down if I don't get amens. Mm -hmm. That's not a cry to get amens from people. Okay. I'm just being a little vulnerable here. Mental note, people. You have people, to ask if the Iowans. Yeah. There was no, there was no like hard hitting statement in this sermon is what you're thinking to yourself. Yeah. And I'm it's like, oh my so God, I missed the, the point. It. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like, I missed the, oh my gosh, I failed. I failed God. I didn't get the response because I'm right. judging the experience. Yeah. And then of course I'll have, my wife has come up to me several times. 
And she's like, so how'd you feel? And I'm like, oh, I sucked. And she goes, are you kidding? Like, man, the Lord just hit some heart. I've had people going like, Jason, you have no idea how the Lord, and it's the Lord speaking. It's yep. not me. Yep. I'm being faithful. And in my head, I'm like, but that experience sucked. That was the worst, <laughs> that was the worst message I've ever given. But God had an encounter. Okay, so read the, it's Psalm 63. I was yeah. way off. I had 39, 94, I don't we're, know. We're just, yeah, we're all so read the whole thing. Psalm because... 63, so the, the, the section that you read was, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary. I've beheld your glory and your, and your power. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. And, and I made the statement. I said, the reason why I lift hands in worship is God delights in hand. And he does. There are other verses where it says mm-hmm. that the Lord commanded his people to lift holy hands. Mm-hmm. And James, it says, with holy hands, lift your hands, holy hands. And you said something, Megan, that I never thought about before. Say this again, because I was like, wow. I think I said, <laughs> um, this is just what the psalmist chose to do. I'm assuming it's David that wrote it, but he was so overwhelmed with and wanted to praise God. And this was his reaction out of his thanksgiving, his praise. He decided to raise hands. But there's other encounters where you fall to your knees. There's other encounters you lay down prostrate or whatever moves you to show God just how much he means or how thankful you are. People, that's when people give money or tithe or... That's when people are willing to have a conversation, step out of the boat with someone that maybe is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Those still are also moments of worship. And it's it's how God moves in the (laughs) moment, not just the action. Yeah. Yeah, And and, and so here's the full confession. I read that going, see, here's why I raise my hands, because God loves it. And he does. He does. But that's not the point. The point is not, look, here's an action you're supposed to do. It's, no, here's one of many actions. He was so clearly overcome. He had an encounter. He had an yes. encounter. And, and here's the thing, when you're, when you're starving or when you're thirsty and dying of, quen- of, a, of a thirst in the desert and you find water, it's not an experience. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> right? It's an encounter. And that's the way the psalmist describes it. And so I got to thank you, Megan, because when good. you said that, I had, I had a moment of repentance where I was like, oh. Wow, there I am again. I was rating an experience. Yeah. And now again, there are, I think we have to challenge people. Are When I come in, let's talk just song, because worship is more than singing, but let's use singing as an example. I don't sing so I receive. I sing so God receives. Yeah. And here's the blessing, is that whenever I minister to the heart of God, he will always minister to my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are times that if I'm only trying to minister to my heart and not to God's, I rarely encounter God. And, and here, when I lift holy hands to the Lord, it is an act of surrender. But I think about your dad again. Um, Brad Watson is, you know, he's a guy singing for him. If, he, if we, I remember him saying, he goes, Jason, if we never sang and you just did a sermon, it could be an hour and I'd love it. It'd be great. We'd have an hour sermon. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, we'd have the just fastest this. declining church <laughs> in <Yeah>. Iowa. <laughs> but, would, but for him, singing doesn't do it. Now he still sings. Mm-hmm. And I've even watched your dad raise his hands a couple times. But if I'm trying to judge the experience... God loves those who are worshiping in spirit and in truth, yeah. not in preference or style. And the spirit and truth is, are we willing, are you surrendering? Because if you're not surrendering yeah. in worship to him, you're surrendering in worship to something else. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, okay, so here's, I want to end with this, because I know you have a lunch meeting and I want to be <laughs> cognizant of this. 
She's All a right. regular lady. lady. Carol Berg, and she's. But like, it's okay. That's important. That's important. It's a great meeting. Shout out. Yeah. She okay, so I want to I want to yeah. end with one last thought here, and I think this is this will be helpful. Um, and if it's not, then John can erase it. <laughs> um, moving forward, give me one way that you think that we might be a church that promotes encountering Jesus over just experiencing. And again, experience is not bad. What, what's one thing you think we could do as a church community for people to encounter Jesus in worship, whether it be singing, message, anything that we do? I'm going to go real specific just because I think it's hard for me to see the bigger community all the time. Um, and so I'm going to talk specifically about like the Z Kids kids ministry team on a Sunday morning. And right now, the Sunday morning kids ministry team has been really unhealthy, as in we don't have a lot of people, and the people that do serve, serve a lot. Yeah. And so they're getting tired, and it's it's hard to, you know, like we just got done with Galatians. Do but not summer's on its way. But we're almost there, like we're getting through May. Like, yeah. And, you know, we've had this influx of new volunteers that came in. Praise God. Thank you so much for saying it from the pulpit. We've had a lot of new people. They're working hard. They're learning. They're filling in. We're sp- spacing stuff out. But I think it's really important that they don't see this just as another thing to do. Yeah. Like, how can this be an encounter? How can this be an experience? And I said, right. hey, guys, I want to make sure you know very, very clearly the expectation is that you attend one and serve one. I want you to know that it is so important for me that you still get to ex- experience and encounter God here yeah. and you are healthy. And then now you then you come out of your <clears throat> overflowing cup yeah. and serve. Yeah. And we pray together at 830 because then if you're serving at the first one, you can attend the 1030. And if you're serving at the second one, you can attend the nine. Right. And like talking to them about this and like and. Am I going to, like, be a stickler on it? Like, I have people that drive out of town, whatever. There's yeah. a lot of, or like, new babies. Please stay home. Don't. I get what you're, what you're talking about when you can't always make it to both. But as a general rule, I want it to be known that, like, we are healthy. Yeah. And we take care of our encounter, too. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's mine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mine is not as profound. But <laughs> I, I think I appreciate the reminders of... Get rid of distractions. Okay, now's the time to focus on God. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, get back into it. Like, it's not, I just need those little cues, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I was going to say, like, a, a big thing that was was prevalent at, uh, when I was at camp was we always said remove Do distractions. Do a lot of things at camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fundamental. <laughs> Fundamental. What was the name of the camp? Inspiration Point Christian Camp and Retreat Center <laughs> in Ferguson Falls, Minnesota. Or near Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Um, and... It was remove distractions, remove distractions. Um, why Why do we, why is the person on the grounds mowing the lawn, like how is that serving God or how is that worshipful? Well, it's, we have a really long, wiry, tangled mess of grass everywhere. People, that's what they focus on. That's what they rate their experience, quote unquote. Yeah. And And we can do all that we can to help people coming in we don't go. We don't go in it with the mindset of if we get all rid of all these distractions, then people are going to have the greatest experience ever. Yeah. We remove these distractions so that we can allow God to work both in our hearts and in Zion or wherever we happen to be, whatever church or ministry we happen to be with. So it's like whatever that looks like. Sometimes it. So it looks like, you know, giving giving God your best. For me, if I'm leading a worship set on a Sunday morning, 
it's going through the songs with the team and going through the songs for myself and knowing what notes to play and, and what where I'm going with it. And so it's not just last minute throwing out a song. Something yeah. yeah. Um, it's intentional. It's intentional. And I think that goes both ways. So if you're coming into a service being like, oh, they're not doing the songs that I really like, but I'm going, or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to intentionally make this worshipful with God, you know, and, and make this a, a open, I guess to say, open my heart for an encounter yeah. and be ready for an encounter, even if it may be a little uncomfortable, yeah. you know, or it's not exactly what I had planned. Because I feel like more often than not, those encounters are unexpected. They yeah. just come out of left field. And they're not always welcome. Yeah. I, I'll end with this. I think... And it's something that we're already pressing into. I think the more we celebrate encounters, unexpected encounters, so total moments, yeah. I think when, when our people people start hearing that this is something we want to be as a church, a church that's putting ourselves in or the way. Or even seeing a total moment as an encounter. Yes. And now I think when we celebrate those, we're giving people eyes to see. It's like when you buy a car, a new car, all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, the minute once you have an encounter with God, you begin to see, oh my gosh, that's an encounter. That's an encounter. Yeah. But you have to have yeah. that first one yeah. And I, I want to be that church that gives people their first encounter so that they yeah. can have eyes to see. Well, hey, uh, guys, this was great. Um, thank you again for tuning in, watching it or listening. And again, if you found this helpful, share it with somebody else. We've, we've, I think we've passed 2,000 downloads. Woo! Yep. Milestone. Yep. yep. I thought you were going to say Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. It's Tov. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, be, be on the lookout for uh, Tove moments. Be thinking about those. Uh, go on the website, share what God is doing. I think we're at plus 60 right now. Mm -hmm. Over 60 Tove moments for our first week, which again, I think it's going to be a snowball effect. So I'm excited for what God has there. Um, Easter's coming up. Super mm -hmm. excited about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, please, 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 please just be aware that we want to be a church that is about being a church who brings God's Tove who doesn't just do good, but brings God's Tove into the world. We want to be a Tove church. Uh, hey, thank you so much for listening. I'm Jason. I'm Kate. I'm Megan. And I'm John. This is the Breakthrough Breakdown. Have an awesome day. I love you, Bobcoff. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion app. Share this episode with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of the Breakthrough Breakdown.